Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for the Shir and Likut Halachas, Yoradeya, Hilchas Arla, Halacha Dalid. We're in the middle of paragraph Tes Zayin. It's a long paragraph. We're up to a subparagraph in my version, which begins with the words, we dedicate the learning whose yard site is tomorrow on the 18th of Kislev, and also and Sipka Rivka Bas Rebhilil, and Zahavaleya Bas Rebavron. We dedicate the learning for a complete Rafua Shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Noya Nachama Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, Sarochel Basius Behendel, Avivilana Basius Behendel, Gitigan Endel Bas Sipoira, Libalea Bas Sipoira, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Shlomen Isim ben Mazel, Avram David ben Chana, Shlomo ben Rivka Sprinza, David ben Behia, Shendel Bas Lea, Behia Basia Bas Shendel, Nasan Nachman ben Shendel, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Ami ben Chai ben Yehudes Gila, This, this halach again is based on chapter 8 in the second half of Likud Imran, which speaks about the topic of Teichosim, the right type of rebuke and the wrong type of rebuke. Based on what we're learning here and what Rabbi Nezal says there on the Kutimran, we could understand why when Moshe Rabbeinu begins the Sefer Mishneh Torah Chumash Dvorim, he begins by mentioning all the locations where the Jewish people did things to anger Hashem. Kemoshe Kosov, as it says, Eila HaDvorim HaShadiber Moshe Al-Kol Yisrael, these are the words which Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to the entire Jewish nation. And it says, Be'ever Hayardain, Bo'arov, Bamidbar, Bo'arova, Mo'elsuf. It just lists locations. It doesn't say any details of what he said. Upirish Rashi, Rashi Kodesh points out, Shemona kan kol hamekoimois shehechisu lefanov. Moshe Rabbeinu listed over here all the different locations, the places where the Jewish people had angered Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu's rebuke was a rebuke of kindness. As Rabbeinu Zal says this clearly over there in chapter 8 in the second half of the Kudimran. Ayn Shom, take a look over there. She'omar Moshe Toichachtoi Moshe said his words of rebuke in a manner that it should not 
awaken through his rebuke any kind of foul odor of the bad things that the Jewish people had done. And by awakening that foul odor, that would weaken the Jewish people, chas v'shalom. But rather, but just the opposite. Moshe Rabbeinu gave rebuke in a manner where through his rebuke, he would give the Jewish people encouragement and he would infuse them with a sweet smell. As Rabbeinu Zal explains over there in Likudim Aran. And this is why Rashi points out he mentioned all of the places, the Mekoimois, where they had angered Hashem. Note the wording, all of the places. In doing this, Moshe Rabbeinu was, was reminding Hashem of, of a a merit of the Jewish people. Moshe Rabbeinu fulfilled what the Mishnah says, do not judge another person until you are in that person's place. Because when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to heaven to receive the Torah and the Malachim there objected to it, and Hashem said to and Moshe, Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, answer them. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm afraid. Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, grab on to my throne. Hold on to my throne, and then you won't have to be afraid of them. So Moshe Rabbeinu was zeichet to grab on to the kisei which means, as we learned previously, to attach himself to all the 600,000 Neshamois of the Jewish people, which come from the Kisei HaKavoy. Bechinas ma'achez p'nei Kisei, as the Pesach says. Shalideizeh hoyo bebechinas mekoimoy sheloilam. By Moshe Rabbeinu grabbing on to the Kisei HaKavoy, he, he was attaching himself to the place of the world, the location from which the world comes from. V'yalkein yoda and therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu realized that all of these places in which the Jewish people had been and had angered Hashem, the places caused the Jewish people to sin. They were going through the desert which the Torah defines as a place of snakes and scorpions and, and thirst. Which the Zohar Kodesh tells us that this, this tells us that this was, these were loca- locations of the klipos, the force where the forces of Tuma were prevalent and very powerful. And the Jewish people had to do battle against these very powerful forces of Tuma that were in these locations, that were throughout the desert that they were traveling in. 
and where there were these snakes and scorpions. And that's what caused a situation where the Jewish people were not able to withstand the tests that they had. Many times, and they stumbled in the different ways that they, things that they stumbled in. As the Gemara points out, the Medrash points out on the Pasuk, which says the Jewish people settled in a place called Shitim, the Medrash says the location is what caused them to sin with those Midianite women. It's called Shitim, Miloshen Shtus, where the Ruach Shtus was very prevalent and very powerful, the, the, the spirit of the Satan. So we conclude, therefore, that by Moshe Rabbeinu mentioning specifically the locations where the Jews had, had committed sins, by doing this, Moshe Rabbeinu was providing a merit, a defense for the Jewish people. The, the merit of Rosh Hashanah that we discussed in the previous Shurim. Rabbein Azal expounds in Likute Moran that, that Rosh Hashanah, the power of Rosh Hashanah, the judgment of Rosh Hashanah is that Hashem judges us favorably. And because Hashem knows Hashem is the place of the world, and He knows each and every one of our places. He knows the place that we come from and the place that we're in, and He knows how that also contributes in a big way to our vulnerability, to our falling into sin. question in the chat, that in the beginning of this halacha, we're told that it's based on chapter one in Likud Imran, which highlights the fact that we have to achieve rulership over the angels, etc., etc. Why is Rav Nosanzal speaking so much about Tochacha that's in chapter eight? The answer is this, that in this halacha, Rav Nosanzal is combining some of the concepts that are found in both because at the end of chapter one there, Rabbi Nezal speaks about the judgment that takes place on Rosh Hashanah and how no human being is qualified to judge another person unless they can put themselves in that person's place. And Rabbi Nezal shows there that Hashem is the place of the entire world. Therefore, Hashem is in everyone's place. And therefore, he can judge us favorably. And Rabbi Nezal shows there that the tzaddik emes, the greatest tzaddik, who's attached to the throne of Hashem, through that, he is also mekoimoy shaloylam. And he is qualified to make Rosh Hashanah. So, and, and, and Rabbi Nezal ties that in to the whole topic of rebuke showing that in order to be able to, to give somebody rebuke, you have to give a kind of rebuke that's not going to destroy the person, that's not going to take 
take away the person's ability to do tshuva, but rather a type of rebuke that's going to give encouragement. And Rav Nosenthal shows that that requires recognition of them. One of the ways that a person could do that is if they understand the place that the person is in and the place that the person is coming from. So that's the connection between the two chapters. And Rav Zal says now, if you look further throughout Chumash Dvorim, the entire Chumash Dvorim revolves around this concept, whereby Moshe Rabbeinu is reminding the Jewish people of all the different places that we traveled to, and we angered Hashem in many of these places. And despite that, Moshe Rabbeinu continues to give us tremendous encouragement never to give up hope and, and, and to always know that Hashem's kindness will always prevail. It always did prevail and it always will prevail. Because Hashem's kindness is infinite. As the Jewish people witnessed with their eyes. That despite the fact that we made a golden calf, still Hashem did not withhold his kindness from us. And so too after the other sins that we committed with the spies and with all the different complaints, Hashem continued to do all kinds of wonderful things on our behalf with his kindness. To the point where the Jews are ready to enter into Eretz Yisrael right before Moshe Rabbeinu passes away. And therefore, remember, the Torah is not a history book. It's not a storybook. Everything mentioned in the Torah is a lesson for generations. That, that regardless of everything, that the entire Jewish nation is going to go through, both as a nation and each and every individual person, until Moshiach comes. No matter what, no matter how far down we go, we should never ever give up on reaching out to the kindness of Hashem. As the Gemara says in Brochus, page 10, even if the sharp blade of a sword is already on a person's neck, which means the person's about to be killed, do not refrain from reaching out for Hashem's kindness. And the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, page 16, Crying out to Hashem is beneficial to a person, whether it's before Hashem has issued a decree, 
And even after the decree has already been issued, and this is why Moshe Rabbeinu in Chumish Tvarim tells us about his prayers, how he davened and how he pleaded with Hashem. I fell down before Hashem. I prostrated myself before Hashem. This is all to teach us that we should always be strong in our tfila, in our crying out to Hashem. Because Hashem's kindness is never ending, it's infinite. And with this, we'll also understand next to the last Parshan Chumash Dvarim, which is Parshas Hazinu, which is called the Song of Hazinu. Which includes in it everything that the Jewish people had been through in the past and everything that we're going to go through in the future. Biklolius Ubiproteus both as a nation and each and every individual person, ad hasoif, until the end of time. V'yachar koleila, and after all of that, after all the difficult things we're going to go through, after all the mistakes that we're going to make, and that we made, soif kol soif, what's the bottom line? Lo Hashem es amoy, Hashem will never forsake his nation. basoif, as it says, at the end of Parshas Hazinu, Hashem Amoi, when Hashem will come to judge his nation, Hashem will see that it, it looks almost hopeless, and yet Hashem will judge us favorably. And this is why in the beginning of Parshas Hazinu, Moshe Rabbeinu says, when I call out to Hashem, you, you the Jewish nation, give great honor to Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Jewish people, watch what I do, and that's what you should be doing. Because you should know, everything, all the successes that I had while I was in this world, was always accomplished by my calling out to Hashem. I would always call out to Hashem. And so too, Maharu Asu Kamoini. Hurry up and follow my my path. Do as I did. And bring great honor to Hashem. You also call out to Hashem always, like I do. Because this 
is what really shows the true greatness of Hashem, and this is what gives Hashem the greatest respect, as we have this incredible, powerful Pasuk in Tehillim, chapter 50. Hashem says, you will call out to me in your day of emergency, in your day of, of difficulty, I will save you, and you will be showing me respect. This Pasuk is super important, showing that this is what Hashem says, you want to show respect to me? This is the way you do it. And remember, we always quote that that last Mishnah in Perkiyavos, where the Mishnah says, all of the different worlds were created for Hashem's kavod. As the Pasuk says, Hashem says, I created everything for my Kavod. What's one of the most powerful ways of showing Kavod Hashem? Calling out Hashem whenever a person has any difficulty, any problem. And as we find our rabbis expound on this passage that we just quoted before, Kishem Hashem Ekra, when I call out Hashem, Aten, you, the Jewish people, bring great honor to Hashem. Shetanu Acharai. The Gemara says this refers to that the, the Jewish people should respond. The response that we're supposed to say is, Baruch Shem Kevoid Blessed is the name of Hashem, the honorable name of Hashem and Hashem's kingdom forever. Hainu Kanal. This is exactly what we said before. Moshe is saying, just like I always call out to Hashem, you do the same thing forever. And now Rav Nosazal explains the Boruch Shem Kvod Malchusai. V'zehu b'chinas Boruch Shem Kvod Malchusai le'olam v'ed she'shem Kvod Malchusai mevoyrach the name and the honor and Hashem's kingdom are blessed le'olam v'ed forever. Afilu achrei kol ha'chatoim v'ha'ka'osim shemaches kol echad l'fana v'chol v'ervador even after and despite all of these sins and all of the different ways that we anger Hashem throughout each and every generation, each and every one of us, because Hashem's right hand is exalted forever, the right hand which represents kindness. And as it says in Tehillim chapter 92, you, Hashem, are always exalted. You're always coming out on top. And as it says over there in the Shiras Ha'azinu, the Targum on that passage says, Lo lay. That, that when we did terrible things, shiches, we did terrible things, 
loy lo. It did not affect Hashem in a sense. Because no damage that we do, we cannot damage Hashem. As the Posik says in the Novi Malachi, Ani Hashem Loishanisi. I am Hashem, I don't change. You cannot affect a change in me in the sense that you can't damage me. You can't hurt me in a sense. Like a person beats up somebody else and now that person is hurt. This doesn't mean that Hashem isn't, doesn't get upset at us sometimes. But it, implying again that we can't damage Hashem in any way. Chas and therefore, a Jew can always come close to Hashem. As I heard from Rabbi Nezal, and as is mentioned in Sichoi Saran, Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, paragraph 51, She'omar, Rabbi Nezal said, that even if a person goes down to the lowest, lowest level of Gehenim, the person can get close to Hashem even from there. This is the message that's being broadcasted in those words, blessed is the name of Hashem forever. And this is why Moshe Rabbeinu delivers this message all the way in the beginning of the Shira Sazinu. Because this is the main point that Moshe Rabbein was trying to get across in that whole Parsha Sazinu. Which covers everything. It speaks about the past, it speaks about the future. Sheomar Oleho. Moshe Rabbeinu says about the Shira Sazinu, that this whole chapter, Parsha Sazinu, will be a testimony before Hashem, that the Torah will never be forgotten completely from, from Hashem's children. The whole Kavanosai. And Moshe Rabbeinu's entire focus is that we should always, always in, encourage ourselves and strengthen ourselves to come close to Hashem. And we should always trust, place our trust in Hashem's kindness. And always cry, cry out to Hashem and daven to Hashem. As Moshe Rabbeinu himself conducted himself in this manner throughout his life. Just like you see me, I call out to Hashem. You do the same thing. Bring honor to Hashem. How? by calling out to him. Now keep in mind, there's a very delicate point here. We're stressing the kindness of Hashem, no matter what we do wrong, this is not a license to commit sins in any way. 
this is not referring to when a person is about to do an Avera, that don't worry, it's not so bad because Hashem is always, Hashem is forgiving and forgiving. The Gemara says that a person who says, I'll sin and then I'll repent, chas v'shalom, it's, it becomes very difficult for that person to repent, to do tshuva. It's not so simple. This is, this is referring to after a person fell or after a person looks back at their life and sees that I've done so many things wrong. It's a, how can I ever approach Hashem? How can I ask Hashem for anything? That's where Rav Nosanzal is speaking to us at that time and telling us you can always approach Hashem. Don't ever say that. Don't ever think that. You can always approach Hashem. You can always express sincere regret for your mistakes. And Hashem will always take you back. Any questions, please? And this is why Moshe Rabbeinu gives an introduction when he when he starts that Shiras Hazinu. He begins. He says, "Listen very carefully to the words that I'm about to tell you." Listen, heavens, because I'm going to speak. And listen, earth, to the words of my mouth. Let my words drip on you like rain and like dew. Moish Rabbeinu was warning the Jewish people to make sure that his words should go into our ears like rain and like dew, where the droplets of water come down to the earth, and then wondrous plants and trees and flowers and beautiful things grow from, from the rain. So too, Moish Rabbeinu was saying, that he wants his words to enter into the hearts of the Jewish people like dew and like rain, and they should produce in our hearts. They should generate wonderful fruit. They sh- it should bear wonderful fruit. Because these kind of words, the kind of words that appear in the Shira Sazino, which is incredible words of chizuk, of encouragement, a person has to listen to this very, very well. And to take the words that you're hearing and be able to understand and realize further, to take it further and further. And to understand very, very well the hints that a tzaddik hints to us in his words. Certain things that he can't spell out completely. How far, how far a person has to go in, in in this encouragement, in this 
in, in not losing self-esteem completely and not giving up and not putting oneself down completely. As Dovar HaMelech says in chapter 32 in Tehillim, I will give you knowledge. I will shine a light for you to show you what path to take. I'll, I'll give you advice with my eyes. I'll, I'll, I'll twinkle my eye at you in a way to, to, to hint to you how, how everything can be fixed. Don't be like a horse. Don't be like a mule who doesn't want to understand. Because first, Dovar Melech expresses all of his suffering and all of his difficulties. And he said, that as a result of all the pain and suffering and problems that he's experiencing, he has to scream all day. When I'm silent, my bones rot. When I'm crying out to you, Hashem, all day, I'm screaming to you, Hashem, all day. My hands are heavy before you, Hashem, day and night, his hands which are outstretched in tefillah. And then he says, And it's regarding this, that every righteous Jew davens to you, Hashem, at, at every opportunity, that pleading with you, Hashem, begging you, that the, the the powerful waves shouldn't come at us, shouldn't strike us. The tsunamis. Ato seserli mitz you Hashem protect me, mitzar titzreni. You remove me from all types of constrictions and imprisonment. Rone fali tezaviveni selo. The Dosh Rabbi Senzal and our rabbis in the Medrash tell us on those last words, Rane Falit, Ato Rane Lefanai, you Hashem sing before me. Va'ani, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Hashem says, Hashem says, Ato Rane Lefanai, you Jewish people sing before me. Va'ani Afalit Oyscha, and I will rescue you, I'll save you. Nimza. We conclude therefore, that in these psukim of Tehillim, Dovra is reminding us how much encouragement we need, how encouraged we need to be to daven Tashem and to cry out Tashem always. In order to save ourselves from the floodwaters that are flooding us in this world, which are trying to, to destroy us in this world and in the next world. And, and as a result of this, Dovra Melch concludes, 
I will give you seichel, I'll give you wisdom, and I'll, I'll shine a light for you to show you what path to take. I'll wink my eye at you in order to, to give you advice, in order to, to give you this most important advice. I'm hinting to you with my eye. You know, sometimes when a person does something, whatever, and, and they think that the other person is insulted or hurt or angry, and the person winks with their eye, like a winking motion, like, I love you. That that wink of the eye sometimes is a way of expressing it's okay, or I love you, that kind of feeling. <clears throat> Don't you dare look at any type of rejection that the Yitzhah is trying to convince you that I'm rejecting you, Hashem says. No matter where it's coming from, no matter where that message is coming from, even if it's coming from a, a big rabbi or an important person who's, who's telling you you're no good, you're hopeless, you're a lost This could refer to the, the thoughts, your own personal thoughts of rejection that come into your own mind. Or any type of message of rejection that comes from other people. Ignore all of them. But rather, listen carefully and understand my words. I'm showing you the path. And I'm hinting to you with my eye. That you should always be encouraged to, to daven and to cry, to scream and cry out to Hashem. And this is why Moshe Rabbeinu said, Let my words drip on you like rain. Tizal katal. These words, these incredible, powerful words of chizuk, of encouragement, have to produce, they have to produce, they have to produce fruit, they have to produce results. Just like rain produces so that you will fulfill these words. You'll follow my advice, Moshe Benner says, throughout your whole life. What, what are the words that I'm referring to? That just like you see, this is what I did. Whenever I had it, whenever there was a problem, and what did I do? I called out to Hashem. You should always call out to Hashem forever, just like me. And now you can understand why we read the entire Chumish Dvarim on the night of Hoshana Rabba, because this is what Hoshana Rabba is really all about. For every single Jew to draw upon himself this path, 
to always cry out to Hashem, Hashem, please help me, please help me. We'll just finish the next little paragraph. Now it says these words, Shayach Le'el. The next few pages are going to be an appendix, sort of, that Rabbi attached to this halacha. And with this, we understand the Pasuk and Tehillim, chapter 107. The Jews wandered around lost in the desert, in, in a place of, of desolateness. They couldn't find a, a normal settled place, a normal settlement. And what did they do? They cried out to Hashem. So that when a person becomes wanders far away from their proper place, and then that person is wandering around in a desert, and the person doesn't know how to get back to their proper place. We couldn't find the settlement. I couldn't find where I live, where I belong. What's the best advice we can give a person in that situation? To cry out to Hashem. And this is the whole concept that we spoke about earlier in previous shurim on this time from, from this halacha. When we spoke about Rosh Hashanah being the beginning, Rosh, the beginning, the beginning of tshuva. What's the beginning? What's step number one, two, three of tshuva? Bechinas mimamakim kurosicho Hashem knowing that a person can and should call out Hashem from whatever low places a person is, no matter how far down they are, no matter what kind of situation the person is in. Question in the chat. What exactly are those floodwaters that threaten every person in this world? The answer is, it could be a person's own sins, a person's mistakes, which when the person starts realizing the mistakes and thinking about them, that those feelings sometimes can drown the person, can get a person to give up on themselves, get a person to say, I'm no good, I, 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 I never do anything right, I never did any good thing in my life, and that those kind of feelings, sometimes it could come from the from world news, person sees what's going on around them today. The situation that the Jewish people are in today, that that in Eretz Yisrael is surrounded by enemies, and the media and and the world governments, world leaders, that that are taking the side of Hamas, you know, instead of you know, and and saying calling the Jew the, the Jewish people the aggressors. And not just there, but throughout the world, marches, thousands of people marching throughout the world, calling us the aggressors, we're the bad ones, we're the problem. Again, we study the history, the, the, the Jewish problem, the final solution, that the whole world thinks that the, the final solution, 
the, the solution to all the problems in the world is get rid of the Jewish people. Number one, that's as a nation. And number two, each and every individual person, people sometimes saying, I think the world would be better off without me. I think my family, my children would be better off without me. I'm a failure. I can't provide for them. All of these feelings of rejection and dejection and depression that, that today the, the Jewish nation and the world is going through, there's a thousand different flavors of this going on, both on a, on a global level and on a, on a general level, and each and every individual person, Rahman al-Islam, Any questions, please? Paragraph Yud Zion. Rabnosanzal says, Nachsur le Inyan Shlish Shne Orlov and Etharvai. Let's get back to our original topic, <coughs> which is the three years of Orla and the fourth year that the produce has to be brought to Yerushalayim. Terrible, terrible. Somebody just posted on the chat that there was just a terrorist attack at the entrance to Yerushalayim. One Jew dead, one person dead, seven injured, two of the seven critically. A Jew sees what's going on, and there are many Jews that when, when the Holocaust came, and when those that, that were, were Jewish were being persecuted, there were many people, many people that came to the conclusion to, to that they want to get out of Judah, either to convert, to actually convert, or not to tell their newborn children that they're Jewish, to raise their family not, at, not as Jews, because having the label Jewish means the whole world is against you, being persecuted, you're going to be hunted. Who wants, who wants their children to be hunted? So better that they shouldn't identify as Jews, chas v'shon. These are some of the examples. Nebuch, three, three people pronounced dead already. Hashem should hope that our learning and our tefillahs should be le'ilu nishmas. All of these Jewish martyrs, people who are being murdered only because they are Jews. That, that's why they're being murdered. says now, And it's for this reason that when we plant a tree, we have to wait three years before we're allowed to eat the fruit that the tree produces. Because based on what we've been learning throughout this major halacha that we've been learning for a few weeks, that the main tikkun of all of this is Rosh Hashanah. Therefore, it's impossible for us to chase away and remove all of the klipos, all of the negative forces that are attached to a tree, when the tree is planted, those klipos draw their energy from the three major taivos that Rabbi Nizal discusses there in chapter one in the second half of Likud Imran, which we said are the taivos mamoin, the wrong type of desire for money, and taivos noj, taivos niuf, 
the wrong type of a desire between men and women. And number three, taiva sachila, the, the, the wrong type of desire for food. We cannot get rid of those klipas that draw from these three problems without waiting for three years. Which means in three years, we're having three Rosh Hashanahs. That's when that tree has gotten its tikkun by having had three Rosh Hashanahs pass over it. Because Rabbeinu Salavadeh Likutimran shows that the three holidays, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, correspond to, each one of them corresponds to one of these three desires. And now Rabbi Nosanzal says, the main tikkun of those three holidays, Ikoroi Nimshach Gamkin Barosh Hashanah, draws its power from Rosh Hashanah, as we discussed earlier in this halacha a few pages back. Even though in one year we have these three holidays, we have Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, which Rabbi Nezal says there in Likut Imran, that by a Jew celebrating these three holidays properly, they're addressing all of these three taivas, Rav Nosanzal says, despite that, the Torah requires three years, not just the three holidays, but three years. Which means three Rosh Hashanahs. Because this is a known rule in Kabbalah and in Hasidus. That each, each attribute contains in it some of all the other attributes. Chesed has in it Chesed, Gevura, Teferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yesoid, Malchus. Yesoid has in it Chesed, Gevura, Teferes, all the different things. Bein Bikdusha, Bein Behepach. This applies both within the framework of holiness and within the framework of unholiness. V'alkein, Hashorin Shregolin, and therefore, the three holidays, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, whereby observing the mitzvahs of each one of these holidays, we draw upon ourselves the intelligence that we need, the seichel that we need to overcome one of those three desires. Each holiday which means each set of knowledge and wisdom that we get from that holiday includes in it all three. Kayadua, as is known. Lechein lehepach. And so too in the opposite arena. Kol hasholish midois rois. Each one of those three taivois rois. Each one of those sinful desires. Kol achas klulami kol hasholish. Each one has in it all three. And this also is what makes the, the fixing so difficult, what makes repairing 
so difficult. It's impossible to begin and complete a vitikun in one shot. Because each nida has all the others in it also. Lamashal, for, for example, Be'inyan ha'mavur le'el, regarding what we explained earlier, she'tikun ta'ivas momoyim hu'alidei ha'moyach v'hadas hanim she'chalanu v'pesach. That in order to correct the problem of ta'ivas momoyim, a person has to celebrate the holiday of Pesach properly. Rabbi Nezal shows there in Likud Imran that, that when the Jewish people were about to leave Egypt, and Hashem told them, go to your Egyptian neighbors and borrow all of their gold and silver from them. <coughs> the Pasuk says, Vayash Elam, the Egyptians had to give it to the Jews, Baal Korcham, against their will. Even when the Jews approached their Egyptian neighbors, as soon as the Egyptian gave them something, they said, okay, they were ready to leave. The Egyptian said, no, 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 wait, there's more. And and, and the Jew wanted to leave, and no, there's more, there's more. They had to give it to them against their will, meaning that the Jews no longer had that desire for excess money. And Rabbi Nezal shows there in Likud Imran that the tikkun for pegama bris, the tikkun for a sinful type of relationship between men and women is through the holiday of Shavuos when we abstain, when husband and wife stay apart, even husband and wife stay apart on the night of Shavuos. Rav says, even though Rabbi Nezal writes that, still, it's very difficult just on the holiday of Pesach alone to correct Taivas Momoin completely. Because Taivas Momoin is connected, is very much connected and included in the sinful desires for, for women. These two go together. If people use money to buy, you know, to, to buy women, and, and, and the, the attraction has a lot to do with money. As, as Rabbi Nezal discusses this in other places, and, and so too the tikkun for pegama bris, the tikkun for the sinful desire and relationship between men and women, on, on Shavuos a person doesn't yet get all the das that they need to correct it completely. And so too regarding all other types of Midas Royals. And this is why the main beginning and one of the major forces in helping us fix all of this is Rosh Hashanah. Because on Rosh Hashanah is when the Tzadikim shine upon us the light of tshuva from its origin, from Rosh Chodesh, when Hashem is doing tshuva, as we learned earlier. And the main light that the tzaddikim are shining upon us is to inspire at every one of us, inspire us and motivate us wherever we're at. 
to scream and cry out to Hashem from the depth of our hearts, that's the most important thing. And if a person doesn't do that, it's impossible to start and to fix anything. Because of the heaviness and the obstacles and all the confusion that people are confused as a result of their sins and as a result of everything going on. The canal, as we discussed earlier, and therefore it's impossible to fix everything completely without three years, which have three sets of the three holidays. Because remember, each one includes in it all three. So each one is not a one, each one is a triple. They're three that are that contain each one of them contains three. That's why we have to wait three years where the fruit of the tree is forbidden to us. Exact specifically three years. And one of the most important components of the tikkun is the Rosh Hashanah. The Alkain Iker Hashana Linya Natias Orla Nechshedes Mi Rosh Hashanah. And this is why if you look in the Gemara and you look in Shulchan Aruch, the, the, the new year regarding planting trees is, we count it from Rosh Hashanah, from Rosh Hashanah. We'll hold it over here for now. Any questions before we close? Uh, good morning, Rev. Uh, good, good knock. I don't know what to say. Nassim, can I ask you two quick questions, very quickly? I know it's late. Just one comment. I just saw in the chat that that uh, that in this attack, a 16-year-old girl, a 24-year-old young lady, and a 74-year-old man. You hear this, and a person says, "Look, the the the, the 16-year-old, the 74." Everyone, it's the attack is is against everyone. Nobody is safe. Nobody is safe. Nobody is excluded. And a person sees this and this can this destroy a person. Says, you know, what do I need this for? Go ahead. Right. So my question is a little bit personal to you. You, like you said, I mean, the news, your situation, Rachmanitzlan, with your parents. I just want to ask you, like, it feels like we're in Mitzrayim and, and we're just waiting to be redeemed. Because, uh, like, this, like, someone says, oh, next week. There's no next week. It's hour to hour. In other words, I can't tell you what's going to be one hour from now. I have no idea. That's how I feel. I feel like I can't commit to anything. I feel like, you know what? Israel Hashem will be alive in one hour, but I can't tell you more than one hour. I don't even know. Like, like you said in the in in uh, the Tehillim one thirty, you know, Hashem help us. I, I just it's, wanted to know: true. am I am I right? Am I wrong? It's true. It's true. But in terms of how we react to this, there are some people whose reaction, therefore, is 
paralysis that I, I can't I can't do anything. I can't look at what's going on. You, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. I, I can't. How can you do anything when, when with all of this going on? And and that's not the solution. That's not the answer. The answer is I can do. What can I do? I can daven. That I that I surely can do. And that's the most people say hishtadlis. What do you mean you need hishtadlis? That's that's the best hishtadlis. A person obviously has to try to be alert and and be safe. And when there's an emergency like this going on, not to not to be wandering around outside if a person doesn't have to. When there's a play going on, you stay indoors. No unnecessary trips. No unnecessary travel. You know to to be conscious that there's a that there's a a, 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 a hadin going around now. There's a terrible situation. But at the same time, not to allow it to get us depressed, not to not, not to use that word hopeless, hopeless, helpless. We are never hopeless. We are never helpless. There was a Nazi Germany. There was an Egypt. There was a Rome. There were the Greeks. They were, where are they? Where are they? They're gone. And we are here. And, and we shall overcome. We're gonna overcome. We're gonna we're gonna get through this also. Not just get through it. We're gonna come out on top. The Jew Hashem is gonna come out on top. The Atom Hashem, and the Jewish nation is gonna come out on top against all odds. And the other quick question is: I have to go to Levaya today for my shver. Where where um. Could I find some chizuk over there? Every page. Every page is chizuk. Every page of the Likud if you learn it properly, it's chizuk. It gives hope. A person passes away, we know that that person is going to a better place, Rabbi Nezal said. That's for sure. To us, we feel a loss, a loss. But to know and believe Bemuna Shlema, that that person, whoever it is, is in a much better place. They're in a place where there aren't terrorist attacks. And to know that, especially if it's a relative, it's a, a parent or an in-law, an in-law is like a parent. Any mitzvah that I do, any good word that I say, is an alias neshama, elevates their soul in a big, big way, major way. We should be I appreciate certain. that. I appreciate it's that. Cool. The only problem is we know that Everyone knows the the Avelim, the, the week of Avelim is Midas Adin on this this Pornishama. What do I say to my wife? You, you tell her to focus on all the good years that she had with them, all the good years and the good times, to focus on that, to remember that very, very well, and to appreciate that, to know how fortunate we are all the years that they were in this world and, and the good times that we had and everything, to focus on that. And to believe that now they're going to a place where whatever help a parent is able to do for a child in this world, they can do much more from there through their feelings. I just went yesterday. I have a cousin who has Yorzeit today for his father. I'll mention, I didn't mention the name before. Rabbi Yitzchak Moshe, Rabbi Yeshua Aryeh. And I went with him to the cemetery. We had to drive for over an hour to get there and an hour to get back. And it was freezing cold outside. Why did I go? I wasn't that close to that uncle. 
But I went because I know we need their help now. We need the help of the Jews who are in the next world, all of them. And, and the, the Zohar Kodesh tells us that they don't know, they don't know about our suffering and problems unless we tell them sometimes. We have to tell them. They're up there looking down from up there. Everything looks good. They see the good in everything that's going on. We have, It's when we come to them and we say, ouch, ouch, we're in pain, we're suffering, we're being persecuted. As a nation, we're being persecuted. And each individual person, man, woman, and child is being persecuted. Now, the Sahara is trying to put us down to get us to give up, to get us to, to be depressed, feel rejection, dejection, all of that stuff. And to, to fight it with tefillah. That I believe Ben Shlema, they're going there in the freezing cold and saying a, a, a chapters of Tehillim and lighting a candle. We believe Ben Shlema that it accomplishes worlds. Wishing everybody a good day and a good night for those who are still in places where it's nighttime. to Yeshua, to the final Yeshua, the final Geula, the coming of Moshiach, the Binyan Beis Amitash, Amen, Amen.